Ian in 2012 was just a hustler selling a white labeled version of his product to folks did about 25 grand a month or 300 grand that year in revenue has since scaled between a thousand and five thousand customers now paying a minimum of about 59 bucks per month unit economics look healthy 2015 was their first million dollar year 2016 they wrapped up at about 250 grand per month in December so you can obviously do the run rate math well over uh, two and a half million bucks uh, run rate there 2017 looking to continue to grow they raised 2.5 million bucks all convertible notes gross churn logo churn monthly 5%, revenue churn somewhere closer down to 3%, team of 30 out there in San Diego building BuildFire, over 10,000 apps, drag and drop build with the platform. They also help you with customization. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, our guest today is Ian Blair. He founded a company called BuildFire while he was in college and have grown it to become one of the most successful app builders with 30 employees and close to 10,000 apps in the App Store. His expertise is in online marketing and growth hacking. Ian, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. So we're looking, Excellent. yeah, things are going on. We're looking at a beautiful skyline behind you. If you guys are watching the YouTube version of this interview, where, where, what city is this? What are we looking at? We're in downtown San Diego, and that's the financial district right there. So, in our soon-to-be office. I'm jealous of all you San Diego ends. It's always 75 with a slight breeze. I'm always jealous. Yeah, it's not too bad. I can't complain. That's for sure. All right, tell us about BuildFlare. What's it do, and how do you make money? Yeah, so BuildFire, we're a mobile app building platform that allows non-technical people to sign up and start building their own mobile app with no coding required. However, we also um, allow for a lot of extensibility. So I like to kind of think of us like the WordPress for mobile apps in many ways where um, you can have anyone who's never built, an, uh, built a website before fire up, you know, uh, a WordPress site, and then um, it also powers some of the largest websites in the world. So in the same way with BuildFire, like anyone can get started building an app, but you can build unlimited amount of custom functionality if, if you if you need for your app. So this we can think about this like what Weebly or Wix or Squarespace are for websites, you are for mobile apps. Yeah, exactly. But a little bit further because uh, we allow for the customization because um, like, for example, like you can't really build like an enterprise level site on, on Squarespace or Weebly or something like that, whereas like something like WordPress, you can. Yep. Got it. Okay. Makes good sense. So what's the backstory here? When did you launch the company? Yeah. So I actually started when I was in college. And so amongst our competitors and, and us, we have a white label reseller program. So um, basically what you can do is take our platforms and completely brand it as your own and start selling to your own customers. And that's actually how I got started. So I was white labeling one of our competitors products. What year? And, 
let's see, that would have been 2012. I think I just got started. And then we became, I think I incorporated in March of 2013. Okay. Uh, but started off as a reseller, started, um, you know, just with a couple hundred bucks a month. And then we ended up building up a $300,000 recurring revenue stream in 12 months. And we realized like, Hey, there's some serious potential here. So, so wait, that was, that was in 2013. You were doing 300 grand a month by the end of 2013. We're doing 300 grand a year. So about 25 K a month right now or in 2013 in 2013. Got it. Yeah. So I, I did that in about like the first 12 months and that's before we actually launched any of our own technology and build fire wasn't even around at that point. So, so you're just we white labeling. Yeah, just white labeling. And then, so we're like, okay, what if we actually built our own technology? And then that's what we ended up doing. And then we launched um, Build Fire, I think in August of 2014. And that's when we went out to like the broader market where anyone can go on our site and start building their app on their own. Because in the past, we were just doing kind of like custom builds for people. Um, in like particular verticals, we would just like build out everything for you. We didn't have any of the notion of like the do-it-yourself, um, sign up and start building your app on your own. So are you totally bootstrapped or have you raised capital? We've raised about two and a half million so far. Yep. Um, it, it was never like one big round. It's always been kind of an in increments because um, we've just been able to grow our revenue effectively and prove to investors that, um, you know, what we're doing has traction and um, yeah. So was that all a convertible note or is it an equity round that you let roll and you just closed in different tranches? Yeah, it was convertible notes. Um, I think that's hands down one of the best ways to, to raise capital when you're getting started. I think it's really hard to price your, your companies, especially for all these guys that don't have revenue yet. Um, a convertible note just makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And so give us some of the growth story here. So, so 2013, 2014, you're doing 300, 400 grand a month-ish. What did you get up to in 2015? In 2015, let's see. 2015, I think that's when we, we broke the 1 million a year mark. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was interesting. So as we, as we launched our first version of our platform, um, in our own technology, we had all these people signing up. And what, one thing that we noticed was a lot of people with apps, they wanted all this custom functionality and we didn't build it in a way where people could build, you know, custom features. Cause that's, that's kind of what you, what you get with all the, the like our competitors today, even. So in January of 2016, uh, we launched version 2.0 of our platform. We basically rebuilt everything from the ground up on uh, a very modular architecture where basically what people can do is they can, um, you know, get 80 to 90 percent of the functionality that they need for their app just with all of our out-of-the-box features because why reinvent the wheel when we already have those features readily available and then you know people can just build a custom feature uh, that's just unique to their business so uh, you can get a custom, fully custom mobile app at a fraction of the cost and that's where we really started to see things taken off once we kind of introduced that notion so you passed 88 grand per month in 2015 which is where you get your million dollar per year run rate uh, take me forward into 2016 so december 2016 what'd you do in that month uh so in december 2016 um let's see uh that we were that would have been like eight months ago oh yeah okay so that would have been we would have been well into a couple hundreds of thousands per month okay like more or less than three hundred thousand a little bit less but okay. you know in that vicinity and, and then, then I mean, what's your goal to get to by the end of this year end of this year um I, like this year is panning out well. Um, we're, we're having, we're doing a lot more of these custom apps for larger customers, which is which is awesome, um, and that's really helping with revenue because we're getting a lot of that one-time upfront revenue uh, for us to actually go ahead and, and build out their apps. And Was then, it like um, 30, 40, 50 grand kind of things? 
Yeah, typically kind of like around that vicinity, but some will go north of 100 grand, um, depending on how many like custom features they need developed. And then, um, you know, they, then we have the ongoing subscription fee uh, for um, for the app. So just to be um, clear, though, when you say in December 2016, you hit 250 grand per month in revenue, that I'm imagining you're adding in kind of professional services revenue in there as well. Yeah. What What is, give me the pure play SaaS business. So just the monthly recurring fees, what is that at? Yeah, that would be, um, you know, close to the 200 mark. Oh, okay, so actually, that's that's more than I thought. That's still pretty significant. You're making way more on the SaaS model than you are on the professional services. Oh, absolutely. And um, it's, it's really been like that for a while. And, and now we've, we've kind of been moving towards the um, professional services because we didn't actually realize, like, how much traction it had. Um, we kind of, in the past, had just had it, like, on the side where, hey, you want us to build your app for you or you want us to do some stuff, like, you know, Maybe you got in touch with the support team, you know, things would kind of filter the way up. And then um, now we've really, you know, kind of had a, a heavier focus on that and it's been awesome for us. And I think, um, I think a lot of SaaS companies are starting to go that way because that's really how you get like the most out of the software because, you know, you're working with the people that know it the best and can get you the results that you're, you're really looking for um, out of that software. So what do you have today in terms of total customers paying for the platform? Uh, well into the thousands. Um, okay. Like, like yeah. below 5,000, but above a thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what are they on average paying? I imagine you have a monthly recurring fee. Like what are they paying on average? It's really all over the map. So the cheapest you can get started on our platform is $59 a month. Okay. Uh, and basically if you're building your app completely on your own, you're going to pay us either 59 or 149 a month. And then we have, um, you know, if you, if you're developing custom features for your app, that's going to be 499 and up. Um, so give me an average so that we can avoid going down every customer sure. hole. Yeah, yeah. I would say on average, it's probably about 350, 400. Yeah, maybe 500 a month. Okay. And then, and then, I mean, can I take, I mean, so if I take a thousand times time, which was the minimum number of customers times a $400 ARPU, you're doing more than 400 grand per month last month. Yeah, we're doing quite a bit. So <laughs> I don't know if my CFO will be too happy if I disclose too much revenue. But, but yeah, but you're you're the, you're the one in control, right? Yeah, is your C is your CFO older than you or younger than you? He's way older than you. Yeah, he so you boss him around. That's how it works. You have the fucking skyline. You tell him what you want to disclose, and they go with what you say, right? Yeah, he's he's a pretty impressive individual. He was actually the VP of finance at JDS Uniphase when they were the fifth largest company in the world, and then he was a CEO of Philips Optical. So we have like a pretty powerhouse team. Very fortunate to to have that, and that's really been like what's your team size? Uh, we have 30, 30 people in the in the in the company, and then we have five of us that run it. So myself, okay. yeah, the guy I started my company with, and then uh, our CTO, CFO, so forth. Your partner, was he like your first kind of head of development? He built the initial version? No, actually, I kind of self-funded some of the stuff initially when um, I was getting started. But he, he kind of was on the sales side, so he was really the one who kind of helped us get to that first 300 grand in revenue. Who was your first like developer? I mean, what did you do, hire freelancers on TopTal or something to build your initial version? So... Um, our CTO, he was actually the, the guy um, who started building our technology initially, and he he uh, started a company called Flywheel. Have you ever heard of that one? No. They were like Uber before Uber, and so if you're ever up in San Francisco, you see like the red taxi cabs, Flywheel, like that was his baby um, early on. So he was running an outsourced engineering team, and I got connected with him, and he started you know building our initial technology. And then once he started to see like that, we actually had a pretty decent amount of traction. Uh, he came came on full time, and it's been unbelievable. Um, you know, 
if, if you don't have uh, the right development expertise in house, especially trying to build like a very complex SaaS product, um, you can end up in a world of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so team of 30, uh, how are you getting new customers? So right now it's primarily through online marketing, uh, content marketing, uh, paid advertising. Um, you know, SEO has been huge for us. We we have you know hundreds of thousands of people on our month or on our site um, each month. So it's it's been great. What did you spend last month just on paid channels? On paid, um, we're doing a little over ten thousand a month on paid. Oh, okay. That's actually not a thing. I thought you were going to say something in the hundreds of thousands. So you're about ten grand per month on paid. Facebook, Google, yeah. stuff like that. It's like because we have so much. Um, so much traffic coming um, organically that we can just leverage just retargeting. Um, and that's been a pretty good channel for us. Um, we're, we're starting to dive out into more channels and trying to be out of more trade shows and um, to land some of these higher value customers. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited to see what's going to happen. There. Yeah, you're in a tough spot because you have a price point, your lowest at 60, which has to be a no touch sale. It's not big enough to put a rep on it. But you also have things you can upsell that makes total sense to put a rep on. But it's confusing because if that person you meet at the trade show then goes on their plane home, looks on your website and says, wait, I can get started at 60 bucks a month. Then yeah. they think they don't need you and you're cheaper products. Do you yeah. think you have to pick one day? Um, no, because what we end up doing on the 59 and 149 plans is we don't allow for any custom development. So really, the people that are, are trying to you know develop serious apps for their business, there's usually some form of custom development involved. Um, you know, and that's going to be you know 6k average contract value at, at a minimum. And then you know depending on what they need, it could go up even higher. It's like maybe 2500 5 5k a month. Mm -hmm. You typically see in this world, like you look at the constant contacts of the world, the endurance international groups that own HostGator, pretty high churn because you're serving kind of a low ARPU, high volume market. What's your logo churn monthly? Um, it, it's so it's so up and down based off customer segments. Basically, the more they pay you, the less they churn. The, the least, like the less they pay you, the higher they churn. So, I mean, it can be anywhere from. Well, just hold on, Ian, real quick. So, I like to split logo churn from revenue churn what you just articulated accounts for revenue churn i'm just interested in pure ignore the differences in what people pay you per month what does pure logo churn look like pure logo churn is about five yeah. it, can, it can hover anywhere from like three to five percent yep 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 and then and then your revenue churn is going to be much lower than that right so, so what is that um the revenue churn can be um anywhere yeah, i mean it, it, it really it fluctuates a lot on the month, but probably like on average, you would average it out for the entire year, you know, probably like, you know, three, still kind of like three to five percent. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a playbook installed where you can very predictably account and, and drive year over year ARPU expansion or ACV expansion? I think we're, we're getting to that scale right now where it does become a very predictable model. Um, there's so many learnings that you have to go through as a startup. Um, and I'd say... Um, you know, we're, we're just getting that really dialed in. And, you know, I think the kind of the rest of this year is going to be really exciting for us because we figured out like, what's the content that resonates well? Um, you know, what's the content that converts? Um, and like, and be able to scale all that, right? So I think we'll have kind of that predictable model really dialed in probably by the end of the year. And what are you paying right now, fully weighted? So include the salaries of your marketing, your blog writers, everything, plus your paid spend. What's it acquiring on average to get a new customer? Um, just all customers being equal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't know all customers being equal off the top of my head because every time we break it down, it's all amongst the spreadsheets. So, like, for example, like the DIY customers, you know, it's like 
25 30 bucks it's, yeah. it's really cheap um you know then when we have like the white label resellers because you have to include because that's like no touch sales everyone you know we have thousands and thousands of people that sign up every month for free trials and it's you know low touch um, occasionally they'll talk to the sales rep and then we have like white label where it not, nothing's like self-provision like you have to come in as and talk to their sales team so like, that that CAC is much higher it's mm -hmm. you know actually in the thousands and then also to the enterprise stuff where we're doing like you know custom app bills for people that's even higher so um, you know but they're they're finding us all through like you know organic channels which has been amazing like we we brought on some really really awesome customers and um, you know, we haven't really had a direct sales effort yet. Uh, a lot of SaaS companies early on, that's how they start out. And, you know, we were fortunate to really do inbound marketing well and provide us with a whole slew of customers early on. Yep. When I look at like your metrics, you got a team of 30, you're not spending a bunch on paid ads, like assuming like an average salary of 60 grand, that's five grand a month. You're, I mean, you're spending caught 150, 200 grand a month on headcount. You're doing well over 400 grand per month in revenue. Why have you raised capital? Um, it's just uh, early because like SaaS is, is hard to grow, especially early on. Like um, that's what a lot of people don't realize, like it's how capital intensive SaaS is because you don't get that those big one time revenue up front. Like you're you just kind of, you know, building up the snowball and then eventually, you know, you can you can get some, you know, one time revenue or, um, you know, the larger revenue. But it just took us time to get there and, and figure that out. Um, so that's why we had to, to raise capital early on because even before you have a sellable product, like luckily I was able to get started, you know, earning revenue using a competitor's product, you know, white labeled. Um, whereas a lot of other people, you, you can't even get to a product without sinking in potentially hundreds of thousands. Great. Hey, it makes good sense, man. Let's, uh, let's wrap. Well, actually, when was the last time you raised capital and are you raising capital currently? Uh, last time we raised capital was, was a couple months ago to, to double down on some stuff. Um, you know, we're not currently raising at the moment, but you know, if the right opportunity comes up, um, you know, where it's a value added partner or, um, you know, that could, we'd certainly, we're always open for the conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. Last question, because people are going to watch this and they see all these videos of, you know, people acting like they're super wealthy in front of their fake rented Lamborghinis on YouTube. You have a beautiful view. I'm curious, what are you paying rent for where you're at right now? Personal, personal expenses. I own it. So <laughs> you, you just own it. What'd you pay for it? Why'd you decide to buy it? Uh, just, so I actually just moved down to San Diego not too long ago, uh, less than a year ago. And I was living like right next to the train tracks and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to find a place. And then, uh, you know, I was looking for two bedrooms and you know, this came, came by and it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal property. And I, I couldn't pass it up. So well, it looks beautiful. There's your, and plus it's a nice, uh, it helps with taxes a little bit, right? That's, that's very true. So guys big news last month was a huge month for the company i recently acquired which was www.thetopinbox.com i liked the company so much when i met the person who created it it lets you send emails later on gmail set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened it's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com 
click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. All right, Ian, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Ooh, from good to great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, there's, there's quite a few. I, like, I love to follow like, a lot of the guys in, in the SaaS, uh, SaaS realm. Um, one guy who stands out the most, he's a VC, David Scott um, from, uh, I think it's Four Entrepreneurs. This is his website. He's probably one of my favorite, uh, favorite guys to read. Or Jason Lumpkin from Saster. Yep. And David is from Matrix Partners up there in Boston. Uh, number three, Ian, what's your favorite online tool like Acuity Scheduling? Ooh, I like Ahrefs. That's, that has so much cool data to look at. I'm a data guy, so. That's how I know you're hacking SEO. Is you? That's your favorite tool. <laughs> All right, number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, between seven and eight, so I can't sacrifice my sleep. If you want to perform at a high level, you need your sleep. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? I'm currently single. No kids? So, no kids. That you know of. <laughs> and, and how, uh, how old so are you, Ian? I'm 25. All right, last question. Take us back five years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Man, um, well, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at now. So um, it's I not. Sorry, it's not about what you would change. It's just about like, man, I wish I knew that when I was 20. I think I wish I knew. Um, like, there's just so many like the small things about marketing and like how it works, or um, you know, just kind of like how business works in general. Because like, when you're 20 years old in college, you really don't know too much about the world. So like, how much I've learned over the last five years is incredible. So I wish I could just have given myself a crash course on how the world actually works. Um, so I'd say if I could go back, that would be it. There you guys have it from Ian in 2012, was just a hustler selling a white labeled version of his product to folks, did about 25 grand a month or 300 grand that year in revenue, has since scaled between 1,000 and 5,000 customers, now paying a minimum of about 59 bucks per month. Unit economics look healthy. 2015 was their first million dollar year. 2016, they wrapped up at about 250 grand per month in December. So you can obviously do the run rate math, well over uh, two and a half million bucks uh, run rate there. 2017, looking to continue to grow they raised 2.5 million bucks all convertible notes gross churn logo churn monthly five percent revenue churn somewhere closer down to three percent team of 30 out there in san diego building build fire over 10,000 apps drag and drop built with the platform they also help you with customization ian thank you for taking us to the top thank you thanks for having me